Welcome to the 320 Podcast, where we encourage you to reach for the immeasurably more life with Christ. From discussions on scripture, to poetic messages, to dreaming big with Jesus, you will enjoy a variety of episodes brought to you by Shelley Wilson Ministries. To find out more about Shelley Wilson Ministries and the many resources available to you, please visit our website at www.shellywilsonministries.org. Hey guys, this is Shelly. Welcome to this week's 320 podcast. Let me just say, sometimes God wakes to the last minute <clears throat> to give you a message for somebody. And so here we are doing that this morning. So welcome to my world of um, my, my personal training of learning how to wait on God, even for his messages. And wasn't really going to talk about this, but you know, one of my prayers the last couple of weeks I've been sharing with the ladies here is that I would learn how to enter into God's rest, meaning I wouldn't always try to make things happen. I wouldn't spend a ton of time in mental um, and emotional strain trying to figure things out, but that I would enter into the rest of God and know he is the provider. He's the healer. His word says that he orders the steps of righteousness of the righteous. Y'all have heard me quote that a thousand times on this podcast. And I'm always telling myself, Shelly, he orders the steps of the righteous. And um, so it, this is kind of one of those days where you kind of get a glimpse of my world. Because just like I may be equipping women in my rooms, God is still working with me. And he's still teaching me how to wait how to be still, how to trust that when he brings something, it's so perfect that I will know that I know that I know that it's the Lord. And even if it's hard, right, I'm going to know that I know that I know that it's the Lord. And so I'll share with you one thing that happened just this morning. So I'm recording this on Tuesday morning. So this podcast will go live later today. Um, one time, many months ago, I was on my way to the ministry building, and I felt a strong unction in my spirit to sing outside our doors on the sidewalk. And I 100% did not want to do that. So for those who don't know me, I am kind of not the sing-on-demand artist, um, <clears throat> because of my prophetic nature, whether it's writing poetry or music, his way with me is I, I usually write it when he writes it. So to put me in a room and say, sing, that makes me super, super uncomfortable. Okay. And some people may not realize that, but that really is how I am. I have a girlfriend who says, Shelly, you are such an introvert extrovert. It's true. I, I have the ability through Christ to, to go when he sends me and do the assignment, but then I want to retreat back to my personal space uh, into a place of quiet. You know, there's just things you learn about his way with you. I require a whole lot of quiet time. So when I'm not serving women in support groups and, and uh, meetings and things like that, I keep a pretty quiet ministry going on because I'm either writing with the Lord or in prayer or those kind of things. If I have too much of one or the other, everything feels out of whack for me, if you know what I mean. So I like both worlds. I like people, and then I like quiet, right? And some of you are probably that way too, and you're wondering, well, maybe something's wrong with me. No, it's just the way you are, you know? We should be empowered by the Spirit to go do the assignment. 
right? He is the one who enables us to do the thing. We, we, I hope, are not going in our own strength. I've certainly done that many, many times. So this morning, I get to, I get here, and it's kind of my day. I'm rehearsing for a, an event I'm doing here in Troop Friday night. And it was like I heard the Lord say, rehearse on the sidewalk. And I totally did not want to do it. And I became very shaky all over, which is pretty much the presence of the Lord sitting on me, if you will. And I knew I was not going to get out from under that weight unless I obeyed him. So I took my my speaker system out on the sidewalk with my iPad. And I said, okay, Lord. And I just began to sing out on the sidewalk. And you know, it, it was actually probably more of a blessing for me. I know God is trying to shift atmospheres with his music and he's trying to sing over the city and he's trying to sing over people who may not uh, hear it any other place, right? So wherever the spirit or the he sends the wind to carry it is, is his business. But my job was to really obey. And my sweet friend, Deanne, who has her Christian shop next door, she, I looked over there. She was sitting out there with me. So, so she didn't leave me by myself. But I, I want to I tell you the significance of obedience. Because first of all, that was part of God getting me to the message for you today. So if I had not done it, I, I likely wouldn't have gotten the message. There is always a cost to disobedience. Okay, and the cost of disobedience far outweighs what it's going to cost you to obey, because sometimes when we obey, there's a cost in that, too. Right. Especially in a world that's turning away from Jesus. So as I've been pondering with another friend, worship and what is worship, you know, um, the word says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Okay. And um, the Bible says, and I've got mine open to, let's see, John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I want to read to you what that actually means, that word commandment. Because, you know, can it mean the Ten Commandments? Sure. I believe we shouldn't murder. We shouldn't commit adultery and all those things. But it's actually more than that. It is, that word means Uh, an order, a command, a charge, a precept, an injunction, that which is prescribed to one by reason of his office. So in other words, I was commanded to go on the sidewalk this morning and worship, right? So if I love him, then I will obey what he commands me to do. So that's not just in the Ten Commandments, that's in any command he gives us. All right. So, so here's, I think what we've done with worship, you know, we've kind of relegated worship, which we've talked about a little bit on here before we've relegated worship to a three song set and almost like it's a warm up to a preaching. And I mean, that's a, a part of what worship is, but do you know, you can do all that and never really worship God, right? Because he says, if you love me, you will obey me, right? And he says, obedience is better than sacrifice. So I can give up all my things in my home. Um, I can go feed the poor. I can do all of these things. But if I am not obeying the commands he has given me, you know, let's say there's something he has asked me to do, and I have refused to do it, then 
you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. So I need to get back in line with obedience more than the sacrifice. We can also go into a place where, um, of unsafety when we don't obey God. All right. Uh, and this is part of my message for Friday night, so I don't really want to give it away too early. But when God tells you to go somewhere, you better go because in that place is safety and security in Him because He's there with you. Your provision might be there. And I, it, it's, it's so interesting because this morning I flipped open my streams in the desert, and I haven't been reading it in a while, but this, this devotional kept me alive in a very dark season. So this was my July 11th reading, and I want to read it to you. It says, It came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. 1 Kings 17, 7. Okay? And... Week after week, with unfaltering and steadfast spirit, Elijah watched the, the dwindling brook, often tempted to stagger through unbelief, but refusing to allow his circumstances to come between himself and God. Unbelief sees God through circumstances, as we sometimes see the sun shorn of its rays through smoky air, but faith puts God between itself and circumstances and looks at them through him. And so the dwindling brook became a silver thread, and the silver thread stood presently in pools at the foot of the largest boulders, and the pools shrank. The birds fled. The wild creatures of field and forest came no more to drink. The brook was dry. Only then, to his patient and unwavering spirit, the word of the Lord came, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath. Okay, now... I don't have that open in my Bible, but it's 1 Kings 17. And we know that God had prepared a widow to take care of him at that point. And so, if if Elijah had not obeyed God, then he would not get where the provision was. So, obedience is super important, right? There have been times in my life where God has called me to obey, but it made absolutely no sense at all. And even if all hell broke loose, like it did for me 10 years ago, it never made sense to me for years. Like it, it was something I couldn't reconcile with God. Yet I had to let him say, you know, Shelly, you were obedient. It's just this has been part of my plan all along. And, you know, I know that on, on the training field with God, there are times of testing. It's kind of like I was thinking of Isaac and uh, Abraham. How many of us would have taken our son and, and put him on the altar and tied him down and lifted a knife? But obedience is better than sacrifice. And something in Abraham trusted God enough to obey the command to do that. In today's world, we don't understand that kind of obedience because, quite frankly, we don't obey anything unless it's comfortable and makes 100% sense to us. And this is the same way that we operate in the church. We, we tell people that, listen, if you were God, God, he provides, listen, that is very true, but let me warn you that sometimes it's not in the way you're expecting, and sometimes it's not ahead of time. Just like when Abraham was told to leave your father and, and your land, and all that is familiar and go. God did not 
tell him where to go until he started stepping forward. And um, today there was a uh, a post that I thought was so interesting on Facebook. It was so good. It was so good. Let me see if I can read it for you. Okay, it was by Amanda Crabb Ministries, and it says this. Don't sit and just wait for a vision to come to pass. You've got to move. You've got to move. And if you don't know what to do, move in prayer. Okay? If God has not given you a next step, then you move in prayer. Okay? Because that is work. But I do know this. If there is a certain place you're trying to get with God, because sometimes he tells us the end before he tells us the in-between, kind of like Joseph in his dreams. Joseph's young boy dreams was that, you know, his brothers would bow down to him um, and he would be, you know, kind of a mighty man, right? But that sure didn't look that way when he was in the pits and prisons and betrayed by his brothers and falsely accused and all of this stuff. So sometimes we're waiting on the end game or that end vision to come to fruition. But the truth is God did not clue us in on the 17 years or 12 years prior to that because uh, we probably would have packed up our stuff and said, "Eh, I don't think I want to do that. Right? And there is a whole lot of in between in the growth process. I I remember... It's funny this comes to mind. I, I remember when God, I was in a, a church where it's way before kind of the praise and worship movement, right? And we sang, but pretty much everybody sang sitting down. And I remember the first time and subsequent times when God made me stand up and worship him with abandonment with my arms lifted high when no one else was. I I remember how hard that was for me because it was sometimes when you're obeying God, it, it can be embarrassing because your flesh is involved and it's super uncomfortable. And I remember I would just bow my head as I worship because my face had to have been bright, bright, Red because I felt like all eyes were on me and I really did not like that at all. And he did that with me for many years as I would change churches, even in churches where that was not something you did. Later, he would call me to the altar to worship in places that never did that kind of thing. But he was teaching me obedience because, listen, we've talked about this before. He is training you so that he can trust you. Some of us are still not trustworthy. Can I just be honest that we have not been faithful in the small things Therefore, he can't give us the bigger thing, right? We're kind of here, there, and everywhere at times instead of just remaining obedient to what he just said to do, no matter how small it is. I had to learn to serve in places of obscurity. I learned to serve people in ways that are unseen, um, God called me even this week to do an outreach that doesn't have my name on it, doesn't have the ministry name on it. It's just something he's he's asked me to do to reach a new um, group of people 
without pointing them to me, but pointing them to him. And, you know, I think, uh, can I be honest, 20 years ago, and uh, I wrote a poem about this uh, earlier this morning after I had done worship, right before I got on here to record. And, And this is what it's called. It's called, I Used To. It says, I used to long to perform, but it brought nothing but pressure. Now I long for his will, live or die, I must surrender. I used to think stages equaled success, but many were void of power. I used to use my own sheer will, but now I know I need thee every hour. I used to be impressed with numbers, but now I love the few. For the harvest is truly plentiful, but many still live aloof. I used to think I needed to know more before I could serve him well. But now I know that I can trust the one with unsearchable wealth. And that is what it all boils down to. Obedience shows that I trust him. It shows that I love him. I can lift my hands in a worship service all day long. But if I'm not obeying him in my life on a daily basis as he steers me, as he moves me, as he points me to people, places, or things, then I actually am not showing that I love him at all. Because he says, if you love me, you will obey me. And he says, right, obedience is better than sacrifice. So I think we need to come back into a place of an obedient church. Right? We, we, our brothers and sisters in other countries who are under persecution understand obedience. And they understand the joy that rises out of obedience even when your life is being threatened. I have read so many books on how they were on the brink of death, yet the joy of the Lord was their strength. And just like Paul and Silas in prison, they were erupting in praise and blessing the Lord through all of the suffering. Why? Because obedience is better than sacrifice. And if you love me, you will obey me. And listen, in those moments, the joy of the Lord begins to move through you move through you in a powerful way. It's kind of like the the feeling I get when I see love letters go out my door. We delivered, uh, or someone came and picked up, oh gosh, maybe it was 35 yesterday, uh, to go to different, different places, hospice, the military, other areas, grief groups, things like that. And, and the joy that comes in my heart when I see those bags go out the door, it's, it's like something I can't really explain to you. I just know that God, when he looks at those, is looking to the heart of every single person that's going to touch one of those bags. And there's no strings, there's no strings attached to those bags, you see. And don't we oftentimes want to do that, whether we're ministries or churches, where we really, you know, we want people to join us here or join us there. And the, and the truth is we've got a, an unclean motive because it's really still more about us than it is about him. And I am still learning the joy of dying to that, right? The joy of, you know what? Whatever season comes, God has ordered it. God is in control of it. And by the time, and I've been saying this all week, by the time it gets to me, 
He has approved it for me. You know, whether it came from his hand or it came from the devil's hand, we could debate that all day long. But by the time it gets to me, he's already sifted this thing. And so I can trust him with it. You know, um, when... I'll just share this last thing and then close this out this week. But right before I got COVID, I don't even, a year or two ago, um, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw a book. And written on the book, it said, it is mild. It is mild. And I don't even know why I'm sharing this with y'all. Other than to say, God, a few, uh, maybe the next week I ended up with COVID. God was telling me ahead of time what was coming. And he was letting me know because he knew it was going to be a real wrestling for my heart because of some past fears. He was letting me know, Shelly, this is what's coming. And I know, I fully know it. Could he have stopped that from coming? Absolutely. But he also wanted me to walk through those secret fears I shared with y'all a few weeks ago on this podcast because he didn't want me afraid of certain things anymore. Like I needed to be able to trust him in all things, in all circumstances. And, you know, I've learned that the more the more I'm learning to obey, even in the small little things, and I'm learning too that if I'm unsure he's telling me to do something, but there's no harm in it to to anybody else, then I'm gonna do it because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go, well, you know what, Lord, I feel like that's you. And maybe I haven't gotten a confirmation, but it's a strong unction and, and there's no harm or foul in it. Uh it can only bless or encourage. So I'm going to go ahead and do that because uh, you know my heart and you know I'm trying to obey. I'm trying to learn how to obey quicker. Um, delayed obedience, girls and guys, is still disobedience. And so when we delay obedience, we delay provision, we delay safety, we delay the blessings of God, we delay the presence of God very often. We delay the next step. We are the ones who delay the next step when we have delayed obedience. So I want to encourage y'all in that today and then pray for you because, listen, I go through hard things too, just like having to get out there and worship all by my lonesome um, in a small city. But, you know, I was like, well, Lord, it, what is the harm or foul? Nothing. Uh, it can bless some people. It can change the atmosphere. It sure can make some devils mad. Um, but at the end of the day, it was like, what are you going to do, Shelly? Are you going to obey me or not obey me? And 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 listen, here here's the the manipulation of the human that we we all try to manipulate God at times, and I am no different than you. And I'll I'll share something with you just to make you laugh. Some of y'all are probably going to message me and say, you know, Shelly, that was great. Um, I came back in here after that and said, you know what, Lord, I deserve some donuts for that. And here's the thing, God had given me a dream months ago telling me no no donuts. And I said, Lord, after obeying you like that, I need some donuts. I deserve some donuts. And the Lord very clearly said, no, you don't. No, you don't. If you love me, you will obey me. And look at me, you know, Miss Thang trying to manipulate God 
to get what I already knew I wasn't supposed to have. Uh, and y'all don't be lying because I know y'all y'all have those moments too, um, where where we try to do that, right? And uh, so, Lord, I just pray that today obedience would be on on our minds and in our hearts, on the tip of our tongues, as you tell us what to say, when to say it, and who to say it to. Lord, I pray that we would come out of this. Um, really idea of what we think worship is because really we are to be a living sacrifice. We are to be worshipers of the heart, which include, yes, praise and, and worship in the form of music at times, but it requ- it also includes obedience and doing that which you've commanded us to do on a daily basis. You've shown us how to live according to your word. You've shown us the things that we need to cut out of our lives. And some of us are slow in obedience to that because we keep compromising. We compromise, Lord, in areas because we think, well, you're full of grace. And God, you are so full of grace, but I know you are a just judge. And because you're jealous for me, you will not Allow me to keep living like that without some consequence. And Lord, I just boldly say, wherever I need consequence to stop something or or any of us, God, you're the Father. You know exactly what we need and what's going to change us, Lord. We place all the things in your hand. And God, I ask you, as, as everyone's in prayer this week, that you would begin to drop in everyone's spirit. This needs to go. Or, I, I, I told you to do this, but you haven't obeyed me yet. Or point them in the scriptures, the thing, God, that, that they need help obeying. Because, Holy Spirit, you are the helper. And sometimes we just can't do a thing without you. It's actually most times all the time. You know, there is nothing good in me apart from you, Jesus. God, I thank you that you have given us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the Godhead, who is here to reveal truth to us. You are here, Holy Spirit, to help us. You're here to comfort us. You're here to give us counsel. And so, God, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, be all that you are to these women and men as they listen. And, Father, wake up every heart in Jesus' name from slumber. If there is a spirit of laziness that has lulled anyone to sleep, I command that spirit off of you right now in Jesus' name. And I say, awaken dry bones, awaken. Lord, I thank you, God, that you tell us in your word, you're faithful to perform your word. But I also know, God, because of the parable of the talents, Lord, that you do expect us to partner with you. And we have a part in your plan. And God, help us not bury our talents because we're afraid of who you are or what might happen or what it might cost us or that, that there's no multiplication in it, that I can actually obey you and trust the outcome fully to you. And then, Lord, I ask you to raise them up as this great army I sang about this morning and break every chain, that you are raising up an army in Jesus' name that is unified with you and your mission. And that they are committed to see the work of the kingdom progress and advance. And God, I pray that they will never want to settle for less than all you formed them to be in the womb. Thank you, Lord, for all your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness when we're not faithful, Lord. 
You're a blessing to our lives, God. We couldn't live without you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll catch you guys next week. We hope today's episode has blessed you and encouraged you to pursue Christ passionately. To join us again for more encouragement, equipping, and empowering, subscribe to the 320 Podcast. We would also like to invite you to enjoy our round-the-clock radio station, Royalty For Real Radio for Women, at royaltyforreal.com. That's royalty, the number four, real.com.